Welcome to Radio KBPV, Tales of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, a podcast about the history of southwestern Alberta, presented by Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village of Pincher Creek, a museum complex that documents the stories of Western Canada's agricultural settlement through the preservation of local buildings and artifacts among a six-acre park. Pincher Creek is a town of 3,700 souls in a vast rural trading area of some 3,000 rural dwellers. A vibrant region of rolling prairie, foothills, the Rocky Mountains, the Pecani First Nation, Waterton Lakes National Park, the Crow's Nest Pass, and the Upper River Watershed of the South Saskatchewan River Basin. Join us in this podcast where we present walking tours of our buildings and hear the stories of the farmers, townsmen, cowboys, mounties, pioneer women, politicians, chroniclers, miners, railroaders, and so many other significant histories of this particular corner of Canada. Today on Radio KPPV, we are approaching Remembrance Day 2019. A very significant exhibit inside uh, the Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village is our military room. And so today we'd like to take you for a small tour of the room. Whenever conflict on a regional or international scale had reared its ugly head, farmers, ranchers, and townsmen patriotically dropped their plows and lariats to support home, country, and empire. Pincher Creek's military tradition began with the Northwest Mounted Police that brought enforcement of Canadian law with the establishment of Fort McLeod in 1874 followed by the building of the NWMP Detachment and the Remount Ranch at Pincher Creek in 1878. Though officially a police force, the NWMP was formulated on British and Canadian military standards. Much of the NWMP officer corps, as well as non-commissioned officers and -and rank-and-file constables, had varying degrees of Army experience in Canada and abroad. As well as exhibiting the Mount of Police routes, the military exhibit has an emphasis on local involvement in the Northwest Rebellion of 1885, the South African War from 1899 to 1902, the First World War, 1914 to 1918, the Second World War, 1939 to 1945, and subsequent policing and military endeavors that have occurred from Pincher Creek citizens to this day. The the Pincher Creek area's next connection with military tradition came with the 1885 Northwest Rebellion, also known as the Northwest Resistance or the Riel Rebellion, and the formation of Troop No. 3 of the Rocky Mountain Rangers. This was a militia group of local pioneers designed to keep peace on the Canadian prairies, but saw little military action due to the quick end of the uprising which witnessed more activity further east and north. Local pioneers who volunteered for the Rangers included Lionel Brook, Kootenay Brown, James Christie, Albert Connolly, Alfred Edgar Cox, John Heron, Thomas Hinton, Henry Hyde, Fred Inderwick, George Canning's Ives, Charles Kettles, William R. Lees, Frank Levasseur, 
and Alfred Hardwick Lidge Staunton, Peter McEwen, Jim Schofield, Sam Sharp, and Charlie Jug Handel Smith. And sharp-eared uh, listeners will learn of many of these characters of the Rocky Mountain Rangers in other facets in future and in some of the past podcasts that have uh, occurred on Radio KBPV. Now, the South African War of 1899 to 1902 stirred up emotions in the Pincher Creek area that was largely stocked with pioneers deriving from Great Britain. Close to 30 men from town and country enlisted in the war effort, a significant contribution from a settlement whose population numbered only 300. Three pioneers paid the ultimate price in the war and died in South Africa. Robert Kerr and Fred Morden were killed in action on June 22, 1900 at Honingspreet, also known as Honey Creek, in South Africa. And the third casualty was Ovid Smith, who passed away of, I believe, dysentery in South Africa. Now, the First World War saw several town and country recruits, uh, close to 300, from the Pincher Creek area sign up for the war effort. 60 of those local recruits paid the ultimate sacrifice and did not return alive from the effort. Three pioneer families, the Broadwells from Pincher Creek, the Knights from Twin Butte, Waterton Lakes area, and the Jug Handle Smiths from Bovey Lake witnessed multiple casualties throughout the tragic war. A similar story is told from the Second World War where Pincher Creek area recruits fought in many of the pivotal battles. Veteran Frank Bruder, for instance, participated in the support teams for the invasion of Normandy in June 1944. Hank Planger was a member of the Devil's Brigade, the first special service force, which saw action in the Aleutians and in Italy. Seventeen local veterans were killed in action during the war. Pincher Creek native Matthew Halton, after whom the local high school is named, reported on many of the harrowing battles for the BBC and CBC. Canadian Armed Forces recruits from the Pincher Creek area during the post-Second World War have seen military action and peacekeeping duties in a variety of international theatres. Our community is also known for its active veterans organization, the branch number 43 of the Royal Canadian Legion, which was established in 1927. The Legion was first housed in the former Methodist Church building on the south side of Main Street. At the Second World War, at the end of the Second World War, rather, in 1945, Branch 43 set up shop in the two-story sandstone building of the former Timothy LaBelle and Company department store, where it still remains to this day in 2019. So in the military exhibit, uh, you can find the uniforms of three services, the Royal Canadian Air Force, Royal Canadian Navy, and the Canadian Army. And you can also find uh, uniforms of women who served in the forces of the Wrens, the, Royal, the Women's Royal Canadian Navy Service, uh, the Canadian Women's Army Medical Corps uniforms, as well and you'll also see many things uh, compasses dutch money 
small knives of survival carried by Canadian Air RCAF bomber crewmen in the event of crashing behind enemy lines. I think one of the most interesting things we have is the Piet gun, which is a Piton Infantry Anti-Tank Weapon. That's what Piat stands for. Using army piercing projectiles against German Panzer and Royal Tiger tanks. We also have some item, many items from the First World War. Too numerous to talk about on this um, podcast, but we have the helmet and gas mask. Many helmet, many gas masks of the First World War. We have several captured German items like spiked helmets from the First War. And many uniforms, such as that of Earl Ward and of Farrier uh, Sergeant Wilbur Lang, who is in the South Alberta Horse Regiment. We also have many mounted police uh, items as well. The dress tunic and breeches of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And officers' uniforms of the 23rd Alberta Rangers who were succeeded by the Alberta Mounted Rifles and the South Alberta Horse. And today are situated in uh, Medicine Hat as the Southern Alberta Horse, Light Horse Injury. You will also see a guide on of the 1st Rocky Mountain Rangers Commemorative Troop, which is actually a flag um, of a reenactment group that was formed in Pincher Creek area and uh, performed in many parades in the 1890s and returning, recalling the military tradition of the 1885 Rangers. So that's about where we're going to leave it for today. Um, we are going to close this podcast with a recording from Pincher Creek's own Matthew Haltain and uh, his recollection of what Remembrance Day meant to him uh, when he was following the uh, Canadian Army through the Second World War through 1944 and 1945. Our hard and cruel war draws slowly to its bitter end. All our thoughts are, or should be, with those who are doing the fighting for us on the seas and in the air, and especially in the fierce, bloody battles of Holland. But tonight, there's something else. Tonight, the tides of memory come in. On the evening of September the 1st, I came with a British tank regiment into the town of Arras in France. We were flushed with victory. After the long weeks of hell on the road from Caen to Falaise, the British and Canadian armies were now rushing swiftly through France, and whole nations were gulping the fresh air of freedom for the first time in four years. We drove on from Arras, and in a few minutes I saw what I was looking for. I saw two graceful white pylons, delicate but majestic, rising against the lowering sky. For now, we were at Vimy Ridge, and the twin pylons were Allward's monument to the Canadians who died there in the roaring, glorious Easter of 1917. I left the clanking column of advancing war and visited the Vimy Memorial. There was nothing left of the old war except the flowered graveyards and the memories and the hard thoughts that came, came to mind. 
A few winding humps covered with grass mark the trenches. And some of the farmers around there are still using the barbed wire on which one generation was crucified. The handsome cemeteries and the Vimy Memorial, nothing else remains to tell the story. During that great advance last September, we drove in one hour through the entire depth of the frightful area where in the last war, a million men of the British Empire and nearly a million and a half Frenchmen died. That bloody, wasted bog. Arras, Bapaume, Ypres, and Vimy Ridge. Oh, God. The names were written on our heart. And now we went through in an hour, almost without losing a life. But as I stood at Vimy Ridge, before going on through the darkling plain toward Belgium, my thoughts went back to Normandy, to that road from Caen to Falaise. And if there were ghosts round Vimy Ridge as we swept past that day, I wonder if they were saying something like this. Listen, what are you going to do after this war? Perhaps you're going to build a memorial twice as high as this one on the road from Caen to Falaise to commemorate our sons, the dead and damned battalions, the Black Watch and the North Nova Scotias and the rest. Arras, Bapaume, Ypres and Vimy Ridge. That was the anthem of the doomed youth of one generation. Bretteville, Caen, Tilly and Falaise, that's the anthem for the doomed youth of another. We died, our sons died, what are you going to do? Listen, don't think you'll save the third generation by killing off all your enemies. Some of the Germans are mad dogs. Hitler and his Camarilla of Braves are certainly mad dogs. But there'll be mad dogs again in the future. What are you going to do? That's what the ghosts of Vimy Ridge might have said, it seems to me, as our columns went hurrying through toward Germany. War has brought greatness to the Canadian nation. We are only 12 millions, but our name is honored throughout the world. But that doesn't mean there's anything good about these wars in which we've lost so much of the flower of our manpower. We have too many ghosts now, at the foot of Vimy Ridge, but also in Normandy, Italy, Holland, and too many ruined lives at home. Too many broken-hearted women phoning you and saying, do you know anything about my husband? He was last seen leading his troop of tanks near Falaise. Too much of all that. Splendid things come out of war, but war is a thing to be ashamed of. Tonight, as this war moves in our best blood toward its end, tonight among our memories of Vimy Ridge and the other war, Let's think of what we can do to ensure that this time there won't be a third. This time, let's not break faith.